Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Welcome back to University, everybody, the podcast where we explore the hard-hitting questions about Earth, existence, and the unknown. I'm AJ Perrin. With me, as always, is... Hudson Martin. So guess what? Uh, We're still virtual, and we're still suffering, but maybe only like one or two more weeks of this, and then we're back in the studio. Yeah, it should be the last one. Bless. Right? Oh, I think we'll probably have to record one more episode, because I don't want to have to be like having to record on white right when we get there yeah that makes sense so we'll do one more yeah we'll do one more i think okay but we got a lot to jump into today so let's get uh right into it we're gonna be talking about flying cars uh and not like the ones in the jetsons or anything we're talking about the real the real deal we're talking about flying cars here because the article crossed my desk uh, and by desk i mean my dad texted it to me a couple weeks ago talking about a new model that just got approved by the FAA, the Federal Automobile Association. Is that right, Judd? I believe so. We can go with it. It's a, it's, I mean, in terms of acronyms, I know we like to rip on them on here. It's pretty bad. FAA, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Federal Aviation Administration. Mm, yeah, when I think of cars, I think of aviation. Wait. Yeah, it's not for cars. <laughs> Okay, I'm stupid. All right, or else it got approved by the FAA. Um, hey! Hey! Got approved by the FAA. Okay. But before we get there, um, we got a couple things to run through in terms of space news uh, and uh, plenty of junk. Uh, so let's get right into it. And I've hidden so much of this in secrecy from Judd, so I get to surprise him on all of this. First thing we got to talk about, Judd, did you know the ISS had a power outage this week? I did not know that. Technically, Houston on Earth had a power outage, which is the first time it ever had to run on backup generators, which means for 90 minutes, communications were were dark between Houston and the ISS. So I was back on Earth had a power outage? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder how, do you know how, like, what was the reason for that? No, but I do have a superstitious reason about it because guess who else had a power outage that morning? Me. So my power grid and Houston's power grid is spiritually connected. So when I had a power outage, they were like, oh, oh no, we have a power outage too. Maybe you're destined to be on the ISS one day. That's that's the sign. That's what I picked up. That's what I I read between the lines, and I just sent in my in, or I sent in my application. I was like, listen, stop toying around, stop playing hard to get, and stuff like that. Like you don't gotta do a whole power outage just to tell me that we're meant to be together. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Crazy no. Um. Okay. So so there's that ISS power outage, right? But there's more. Congress had a hearing yesterday. And Judd, you're saying everybody's been asking you about it because you're the resident expert. Um, but apparently some people came and testified um, to know a thing or two about what the government is keeping from us in terms of aliens and alien technology, right? Yeah, definitely very interesting to see them come forward. But I don't know. I have my suspicions. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. I'm, I'm like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I know that's what a conspiracy theorist would say, but I've got a couple ideas about it, but let's just run through my notes here. Uh, I've, so I've got that the former air force intelligence officer, David Grush, I'm gonna go with Grush, uh, says that the U S has recovered non-human biologics from alleged UAP crash sites is UAP. I think that's unidentified, um, airborne personnel or something like that. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Phenomena. Oof. See, that's crazy. We call it UAP and not UA because it's got the UAP silent pH. Yeah. UAPH. I hate pHs in acronyms. That doesn't really, that kind of throws you off a little bit. Right. I mean, well, but I hate pH in general. Like we invented the letter F and then decided to only use it half the time. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's odd. Anyways. But here's the two major focuses of the hearing. So we had one, they wanted to ensure that there's oversight for the investigations on UAPs for more public transparency. So they're like, okay, all these intelligence uh, departments or intelligence organizations, you need to tell us more, like disclose more information. And then the second thing is they want to remove the stigma for reporting UAPs to improve the rate of reporting. Because they're saying one of the people said that there's uh, one of the people who was testifying who was a retired navy pilot he estimated that five percent of uap sightings are reported which raises two flags in my brain because it's like i don't really know how you got that information like i don't know if you have the qualifications to be making that kind of estimate but the other thing is that you're supposed to report it to one of two locations judd the all domain anomaly resolution office or the office of the director of national intelligence and i'm sorry but like if i saw a ufo nobody told me i'm supposed to go and tell these people like i didn't know there was like a hotline for ufos seeing the people that come forward obviously they're not people that have no accreditation like these aren't just right some random people on the street that say i saw a ufo i mean these are people such as the pilot who a lot of these sightings come from these pilots like their aircrafts um target missile like missile targeting system picks up something and they don't understand how it's it's something that's moving way too fast or whatever like these people have some credibility basically is what i'm saying yeah no i agree i david grush um was part of who he was like a retired air force intelligence officer he was part of the uap task force he's the big whistleblower my opinion i'll just put it out there is there's I think there's aliens, but mm-hmm. I don't think they've reached Earth, and I don't think they will anytime soon. Yeah, I'm just, if they were good enough to avoid our, like, actual explicit detection uh, or by the public for however long they've, quote-unquote, been here. And you can think about, yeah, like, that's, I think the bottom line is, it's just not physically possible for them to be here. The amount of time that it takes. Oh, yeah? Well, I think the bottom line Go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah. don't know where I was going with that. I just, no, I just like the power you brought behind that. I got to use bottom that line. Mind. The bottom line. Oof. It's just not physically possible. It. There's the time that it takes to travel here from any other galaxy is just. Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even solar system is an incredible, yeah, another incredible feat of technology. It's, it's out of the picture for us. And I just don't see. If it's out of the picture for us, all of the galaxies. They're all of the solar system, our galaxy, you, it'd be created around the same time. These, the age of a surrounding galaxies would be the same. So we're guessing that the development of 
other life on those planets would be around the same. So for another species to have been able to gather technology and resources enough to travel to another planet when we aren't even capable of that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I encourage everybody who's listening to go listen to part of or highlights from the hearing or whatever, but it's just, it's, it's, it's too comical to be real. We've got guys coming down on the floor and saying like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I, or they'll get a question like, has anybody been killed to protect information um, being leaked about aliens that the government is hiding? And they'll be like, I have no comment. Like, come on. You're basically saying yes. And, but at the same time, then they'll be like, and, well, I'm, I don't know if they're saying yes, but they're certainly not saying no. You know, they're like, they, they want you to think that yes is possible. And then, then they're, they're also saying like, oh, I'm fearing for my life and my family because of this administrative terrorism and all the leaders of these um, task forces are trying to get us to stay silent. I'm like, then if you really wrote about it, stay silent instead of saying, well, I won't say anything more um, on the record. I don't know. I just, I don't understand why they were given the platform even. Do you want to hear my theory on it now? My, my, this is my major yeah. theory. I said part of the goal of this hearing was to remove the stigma, stig, stigma, 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 stigma for people reporting UAPs uh, to improve the rate of reporting. So they want people to be more comfortable with saying, I think I saw something. Remember when the Chinese spy balloon was um, flying over the you know, Western, I don't know if that was Western United States or whatever, a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, now the government is using this. I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I, I just, I feel like it's pretty valid for the government to no, just I think that want makes sense. to get like, people to... to feel more comfortable with reporting things that they see in the air so we can have in overall a safer American airspace. That makes sense. I think that's logical. Yeah. That's not Yeah. too crazy. So I think it's, it's natural that the media is leaning a little bit more into the alien part of this, but I think underlying it all is the bottom line is that people, the Congress people want just a safer airspace, which is valid. Yeah. I just don't think overall there's people, especially like, I just don't think people inherently want to conspire against other people, especially people in the government. Like it just, a lot of those just don't make sense to me. Like to, to conspire yeah. to harm us intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just That's don't a, see that. Like, what, the fallacy there is that they assume malicious intent. You know, yeah, I just don't see it, and I don't think I don't think there's this many people in the government that want to do that to harm. They just they want to harm people, and let's say those people do exist. There's got to be other people who don't agree with that are still in those positions, and they're not coming out and saying stuff. So I don't know. I, I like that a lot. I never even thought about that. If you think there has to be people wishing you harm, well, there then you have to believe that there's certainly people wishing the opposite. Nice, Judd. I think people should go check it out, gather their own opinion. All right, Judd. Second piece of news then, short. You've already heard this because I posted it on your Instagram story because if you want the, the, the most up-to-date science news, you just got to be following us on Instagram. I mean, second only to NASA, yeah. really. But... NASA has a new streaming service dropping later this summer. It's called NASA Plus, and get this, it is completely free, including all of their 24-hour streams of all they do on the ISS and launches and all that stuff, plus documentaries and a bunch of original video series, uh, which I've, I've seen the titles for a couple of them, um, and they look pretty pretty cool. 
Yeah, I think it's super neat. I think the fact that it's free is awesome too. I kind of just yeah. wonder because science should be free. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. Well, that I think that's part of it, and I also think you know NASA is a government organization, so it's taxpayer yeah. dollars, so it has yeah. to be open to the public and stuff. I just wonder, is it all going to be NASA documentaries? Or is there going to be any other like science news on it? Or I yeah, I don't know the I answer know. to that. I guess that's stuff to find out. I know it's part of their new, yeah, I know it's part of their new plan to like, uh, create a new app and a new website at the same time, kind of update all of that. And so their hope they said is to bring all their research and climate data and Artemis mission updates and everything that's going on, just like direct, uh, to you. So the streaming is just part of a whole new brand revamp, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, Judd, let's get us rolling into the episode, but first I need to, I wrote down on our show notes, scan for intelligent life. Uh, and this is a new segment I'm installing to make sure that your brain is warmed up and to make sure that my brain is warmed up. But today, today I get to test you. Um, okay, this is not a good idea, but let's do it. Are you scared? Yeah, I'm not warm at all. All right, good. Cool. This is taken from the cognitive reflection test, uh, which is a three question IQ test that less than 20% of Harvard and Yale graduates can get all three right okay i'm just gonna give you one today you ready yeah i'm gonna get it wrong let's see a bat and a ball costs a dollar and ten cents in total the bat costs one dollar more than the ball how much does the ball cost that costs one more dollar than the ball uh five cents and a dollar and five cents Oh my God, people. He is a genius. He is a genius. No hesitation whatsoever. You had that loaded. Okay. Good job. You aced that out of the park. Aced that out of the we park. Is that a saying? I don't know. What's my IQ? Um, well, you're gonna have to we're gonna, you're gonna have to Einstein? stick around and no. Listeners are gonna have to stick around for the next two episodes to hear the next couple questions and see if you are in fact a genius or if you're just lucky. Sweet. Judd, so today we're talking about flying cars, right? Yeah. Um, we're talking about specifically the ALIF. Is it ALIF or ALIF? What do you think? ALIF Aeronautics? I think ALIF. ALIF, yeah. That's how I that like makes to say it. That makes the most sense. ALIF Aeronautics, and they are they have gotten uh airworthiness or some level of airworthiness from the FAA. Um, but they are not the first company to try to create a flying car they are in fact the first electric car to get this airworthiness certificate special airworthiness certificate um, but they're not the first judd do you want to swing us through some of some pretty interesting uh examples of past flying car attempts yeah i mean there's there's uh been some in the past and then there's also some that are still going on right now they're still in development and uh, companies and that are doing research um, for them. One of them is Taylor Aerocar, and this was a uh, one in the past. It was uh, in 1949. Um, the Taylor Aerocar was the first ever plane and car hybrid. So it was essentially this like it almost to me looks like a slug bug. So it's it's kind of interesting. It's very small and it pulls a trailer behind it that has. Um, 
that folds out into wings and then a like a rear propeller on the back of the the fuselage you could say yeah it was just really interesting so it could take off at a lot of these planes plane car hybrids take off at like uh civilian airports or smaller airports um, right that was the idea you're able to drive to the airport in this car uh, in one major city fly to another major city's airport land and then you can just drive off from there yeah that's what i was getting to it's like the the flying car future would be like node based like you drive to a node and they can take off from the node. it's yeah. not just like you can leave from your garage and then just like start flying that's because that could cause some problems right i think that yeah that just doesn't at least to me, that doesn't make sense for people to be flying above the road or even just like not above the road, but just above other people's property, things like that. It just doesn't really make sense. These, yeah. I don't trust people to drive their cars. I, how do I trust somebody to fly yeah, a plane? Exactly. And it's like, you're just going to be flying your car over the road. And the whole time you're going to be thinking, why am I not just flying this on the road? That's right below. Yeah. You and know? the other thing is like, how do you land it? Um, on back on the road if there's traffic you know like that doesn't right oh yeah because somebody's like work. driving underneath you and they don't f- freaking see you and they don't have a like a sky roof or whatever and then they just oop, you sat on them yeah i mean there's that and you probably can't see them too well either if you've looked at at least this new one has a really interesting design which we'll get to but yeah yeah one of the other current attempts i guess is called aeromobile or it's supposed to be aeromobile. This aeromobile is. These next two are pretty cool, I think. Um, they're both like the wings are folded back, like they're part of the car. They're folded behind the car, and then there's a rear propeller that folds out as well. And on one of them, there's like a rear wing from the car folds back into a wing. And I think they're really cool. But the idea is that yeah. they take off from these airports. You take off from one airport, land at another, and you could drive off. And they they transform from car to plane really quick. One of them says, the Aeromobile claims to do that in less than three minutes. Wow. Out of the ones I've seen, even out of this new electric one, I think the one that's most promising is the Aeromobile. Yeah, Um, I'm reading the stats on it that it says, in terms of like driving mileage and all that stuff, it's way better than the one we're talking about. But I don't maybe less producible. And I think, well, the reason behind that is... I think the design of the most recent one that's approved just, I don't like it personally. I think it's super cool. I just, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. This one makes a lot more sense. It's also combustion where the other one's electric. Yeah. Um, and just with oh, sure. current current um, electric uh, capabilities, especially you can't put a big electric battery on a flying car because those things are heavy. Yeah. So the combustion one's just going to be better for that reason as well. Um, yeah. It has a drive range of 600 miles and a flight range of 450. Nice. Um, they have a two-seater and a four-seater model, and then they also um, they have like a parachute. So if the entire for the entire car, so if something happens during flight, there's a whole parachute and the whole car glides down. It probably still ruins the car when you land, but like. Well, because I was going to say, too, that was interesting. like, what could happen to the car that you need a parachute that is not just like, what if a propeller like breaks and starts on fire, then you're just going to open the parachute and hope that doesn't catch on fire? I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think it's. I think if you catch on fire in the air, there's, there's not much you can do. Yeah, I mean, but it's there. It's there if you need it. 
I guess. Yeah, I, I just thought it was kind yeah. of a cool. I don't know what other emergency would happen in the air really, other than that the engine goes out and it's not on fire. But yeah, well, the next gen, the next gen airbags are just going to be parachutes, I guess. <laughs> that would yeah, that would work. Yeah, and you're just well, oof, that's tough though, because you you could land basically anywhere, like literally on somebody's house. Who knows, man? Um, okay. This two-seater, the two-seater version is the one that they're working on most heavily, and it's undergone 10,000 hours of simulated flights and then some live, real-life flight tests. So that's the thing that I didn't understand. So this is the first one that's been FAA-approved, but yet this other one has already done flight tests and spent... So, like, that's the thing yeah. that I don't understand. I think... I also this think... Is- I think it's the electric. It's Maybe. the new one is the first electric vehicle to receive the special airworthiness, but also this one might have a different oh. level of airworthiness that maybe is strictly well, you t- know what it is. Airports. Aeromobile is not an American company. Ooh, that would be it. All right. So, anyways, super cool. I thought that one, and it also looks pretty sleek. But the coolest looking one, my opinion is the Klein air car. The rear wing, this is the one where the rear wing folds back um, into like a wing and then the side wings fold out. Oh, um, yeah. If you can find a picture of the cockpit of this one, I think it's super cool because it just looks exactly like I would picture like a car and airplane hybrid cockpit. What? I don't know. Is this video real of it flying? Did you watch a video of it? Yeah. Yeah, there's... Bro. This one has also been tested somewhere else. Again, I, th- I don't think this is an American company. No, because uh, I was going to say, the one in um, that we're going to talk about later from Alif doesn't have any videos available to the public from test flights, which is super lame. I don't even think... Yeah, they don't even have an actual picture of the car published anywhere. Honestly, when I look at these three, um, <laughs> this FAA-approved one, the Alif, seems... It's the worst looking. To be the most far behind. But I also understand that it's an electric one, which has a whole another set of challenges. It says amphibious model envisioned. So they're thinking of doing a boat car as well? I don't know if it's boat car or if it's boat plane. Oh, boat plane would make more sense. Okay, now we're stressing it. I don't know for sure, but I saw... They just had that... There's an amphibious model. They had a simulated picture, and that was it. So, so looking at um, this, the the Klein air car, what I'm thinking right now is the difference between this one and the Alif one, which we're about to discuss, is that the Alif is a VTOL, so it's a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. Um, in this one, you have to have like runway space to get going. Right. So they are slightly different in that way. But this one is way cooler and definitely faster which we'll get into the speed of the alif one later but um this like this one also with the wings that go out to the side it definitely wouldn't you'd need to take off from an airport which is like that's kind of the future of flying cars anyway but still you'd like you'd need to be taken off from an airport because those wings are yeah all three that we've talked about now are require the airport the way that the wings fold in on this car is really spectacular yeah i don't quite understand it but it's cool let's talk about alif man 
Yeah, let's get into it. So uh, here's where we'll start. The, the car has immense popularity at the moment in terms of uh, potential buyers. Uh, we have 2,500 pre-orders of the Alif car, uh, which is equivalent to $750 million in revenue because the car itself is $300,000. Um, now that's 2,100 from individuals, but 400 from private car dealerships. Uh, I didn't, they, they are presumably have a deal with a where they're like, okay, we'll buy some of your cars for cheaper and sell them. Um, but anyway, there, so there's that. And now these cars haven't hit oh, production. These cars aren't being produced yet, not until 2025 or 2026. And yet people are still basically lining up to grab one of these. I, um, I'm guessing that some test models exist, obviously obviously that have done flight tests that's why it has air worthiness but um in terms of the right. consumer models there's no production line yet i mean it reminds me of how tesla started with the roadster like he had oh, pre-orders yeah. available for that car before and that's how they raised a lot of the money to develop them was true yeah through a similar thing so yeah like now, 750 million dollars is no small amount you know yeah, no, seven fifty million. That's that's a lot. I don't know how much it takes to produce cars because I just personally that's not my domain. <laughs> I won't stretch that far. That um, seems like an industrial engineer's job, maybe just a little. Yeah, except this is a flying car, dude. Like I have no way of creating an estimate as to how yeah, much no, I would think that no. it would cost. And what's funny about that actually is good disc, by the way. But what's funny about that is that. The the guy who's like one of the co-creators of this was saying, you know, it's tough right now because we don't have all of the part like the parts that this vehicle needs to be built just don't simply don't exist yet. And I'm like, I thought you were going to develop it. What do you mean they don't exist yet? Like, I know what he's saying about like the technology is not being quite there yet. But I'm like, you you're saying you're going to produce this in 2025. Right. What about this isn't here yet? That seems strange or very odd because. Like, I feel like we know how to make cars and we know how to make planes. I don't know what special <laughs> thing you need to put those together to put like what, what you don't need a nuclear reactor in there. What, what do you? Yeah, no, that's actually such I'm a good confused. point. It's kind of a testament to the fact that like nobody asked for a flying car, you know, like obviously 2,500 people are asking for it, but 2,500 people have $300,000 that they're willing to just throw, um, at this toy essentially you know it's like just in my mind i think the reason like you were saying we have the technology but it's not here yet is just because it's like nobody's really all that eager to see it happen yeah flying cars were like the vision of the future a couple decades ago but the people's desires and like there's so many factors that will play into whether or not these things actually happen you know this is it used to be science fiction and now it's the billionaires who are trying to make it science fact no, but like that's just how what comes with like technology being developed. Even mm-hmm. I just watched the Oppenheimer movie, and that's another example of it. Ooh, it's yeah. like there was no, we had no blueprint for how to build an atomic bomb, and then we did it. And then know? we did, yeah. It's like it doesn't exist until it does. Right, and <laughs> and then there's like I guess that's, that's just, different because that's just how things work. <laughs> now, yeah, like it wasn't practical at all. Until we built it and proved that it worked. Yeah. And even then, I don't know that it was still practical. practical. I was going to say, when I think of atomic enough. bomb, I don't really think like, mm, that's practical. Well, now, you're right. But now, so many countries 
feasible it'll have them definitely i know what you're saying yeah sure yeah yeah um let's see so let's talk about the special airworthiness certificate that we were talking about so like just a bit on it with the faa so it's the first electric vehicle to receive this certificate and then essentially it allows the air like you said in the notes here it allows the aircraft to be flown for research purposes in specific locations now i did some digging into this special airworthiness certificate on my own and i found like there's kind of a list of things you can do with this and one of them is air racing and i just don't see who in making the certificate allowed the jump from okay we can have it for r d but also you can race these things in the air how does that exist in the same certificate yeah i don't know that's sweet though yeah i feel like at like first to a certain extent and then that's where a lot of like new technology for cars comes from is like formula one and NASCAR. Like that's where the, the top of the line stuff is being created in the innovations, you know, in the racing. Yeah. Good point. So uh, maybe that's kind of why, and those, those pilots at that point, they're like, they've already signed enough waivers, you know, let them fly it. And if it fails, yeah. they've probably got their, they got they signed the papers. Yeah. Another point about the the car itself, the designation that it has with the FAA right now is a low speed vehicle, which is literally the same classification from the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration as a golf cart. There how who in their right minds is like, hmm, so a flying car seems really safe and impractical, and it also won't get me where I'm going any faster than a golf cart. Let me give you $300,000. <laughs> right. I saw something. I think top speed. Do you have that? I don't have the top speed, but isn't it like I less than 30 miles like an hour? I think it was like 25. Yeah. I think it's 25 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't written. I don't have that written down, but I, I agree with you. It was less than 30 miles an hour. And I just, a golf cart, a golf cart. I don't know that many golf carts that like, I would just want to have pittering around above my head. Yeah, I don't know. I think we should describe what this thing looks like, kind of the design of it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go for it, bro. You start us whoa, off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, okay. Do you know what it looks like? You're I, good I, on that. No, you yeah, good? I know what it looks like, but I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who makes the estimates on how much it costs to All right, whatever. manufacture I'll it. it. I'll get it. So jumping into the design, there's four, um, four motors, power, eight propellers. These uh, propellers are on the bottom. So if you're sitting in the car normally... These propellers are on the bottom of the car. They're in the, the on the undercarriage, like where the tires are, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the idea is uh, they generate enough lift to lift the car up, and then you can fly. But <laughs> bro, that the really was interesting the mo- thing. That was the perfect explanation. What else, what else is there that. to it, though? Really, <laughs> the motors there isn't turn on much and it flies. To this car. Yeah, it's. It's very bare bones, especially the body. So the interesting thing about the body is it's all mesh. So think of a like a, a window screen. Like yeah. It's all a mesh car, so air can flow through with it big holes, to bigger, get to these way propellers. bigger holes than a window screen. But like 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 with right, the right, holes, right. yeah. It's super interesting that they decided to do it. It makes sense to get air through. At least structurally, that's not nearly as you know strong as anything else. But yeah. it is an aircraft, so it doesn't require as 
as much as maybe uh as as a, as a regular car does. So I kind of wonder maybe there will be roadblocks down the line where they approve the car to fly, but it's not really roadworthy. I wonder if that'll happen. Yeah. I, I really don't know, but I do, I do know that the car itself, when it's not flying, looks pretty, it's pretty cool. It's like all yeah, black no, it and it's sweet. sleek. Yeah, it looks cool. Okay, but when it takes off, and this is the strange part to me, it makes sense and it's cool, but it's interesting. So the car takes off. It's cool. It's interesting. <laughs> That's funny. It rotates it. Well, cool and interesting are different things. Cool is... That's sweet. I like it. Interesting is I want to learn more about that. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So anyways, the car takes off. And at this point, it's still like a normal. It looks like a car with propellers on the bottom. Yeah. Then when it it flips towards one of the sides. So it turns on its side. Yeah, it's like turns on the side. Yeah. And then the driver, the cockpit. So there's like a cockpit on this thing. It's like a, a almost like an oval, 3D oval. Mm-hmm. What is? I don't even know what you call that. An obelisk? A, is that what it's called? It's what Earth is. It's a sphere. Uh, it's a spheroid. Maybe that sounds sort of right. Spheroid, oh, uh, also known as an ellipsoid or revolution, is a quadric surface obtained by rotating an ellipse about its. Pr- Bro, say it simply. Yeah, it's a it's a spheroid. Ellipsoid. Ellipsoid makes yeah, sure. Ellipsoid. Let's go with that. Makes sense. Okay. It rotates sideways with the car so when you're flying your feet are essentially at the bottom like let's say it turns to the left so your feet are at the left at the bottom of the side of the car and your head is at the right side of the car but the car is tilted so your feet are towards the ground yeah. and your head is towards the sky and that's really hard to describe it's, it I is hard to describe you're doing a pretty good job otherwise for it i think you should just look up a picture look up okay? a picture yeah. that's what i want everyone <clears throat> should look up a picture of this thing yeah. it looks sweet it's awesome it, it it flies sideways like envision if you're a bird like just a giant rectangle flying at you with a circle in the middle for the cockpit yeah it, it looks weird i when i first looked it up and saw that i was i just think to me like the other flying cars make a lot more sense yep i'm 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 in agreement with you i mean especially for this car it looks great on the ground but just once it gets in the air i don't know i think they were trying to the the focus of this design is definitely to minimize how much propeller you actually see because the other cars, yeah. it's like you can tell them like that thing is literally about to take off. But this car, you're like, mm. you see it and you're like, that's a flying car. You see this yeah. one, you're like, it's not as it, that's a yeah. flying car. Why is it made of window screens? Right. I think one thing is like, for me, the Alif car is taking too many technical jumps at once. Oh. I think in order to make something like usable and and to develop something properly, I think you just tackle one problem at a time. And I think that's kind of what these other cars are doing. It makes a lot more sense to me and seems more practical than this other one does. But like eventually, maybe further down the line, we could look at an electric one that looks sleek and... Yeah, right. Like why are they trying to do all at once make a flying car and make it not look like a flying car and electrify it every all that just like focus on making a good flying car and get it right yeah like the first computers took up an entire room and now we fit them in the palm of our hand like let's start at the big room and let's work our way up yeah i mean look at us criticizing these fools who don't even know how to build a proper (laughs) flying car 
God. Yeah, what are these idiots? These idiots. No, um, no, Aleph, no, you didn't hear that from us. If anything, we we do love the design of the car, and if you're willing to yeah. just sponsor us with a with a vehicle, <laughs> feel free. We will fly it to the studio every time, and feel the rush of the wind through our hair as we do it. You know, it, it just hear us out, right? Yeah, we'll take it. If they can make a deal with the dealership for 400 cars at at a discounted price, I don't th- see why they can't do one at a discounted price of zero. Who's gonna buy it at a dealership? I just think it's goofy, but it's I, cool. Yeah, it's like you're 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 just picturing going into the dealership and being like, "So I'm looking for a family car. My wife says we have to get something that's like got a lot of trunk space. Like we need a practical vehicle." And they're like, "No, no, no. A man of your taste, come over here." Come over to the, the special <laughs> section. You walk out of there with you fly home, you know? That's wild. Yeah. Um, Judd, let's talk about so like if we even got flying cars in in the next several years or probably a decade at the very least when we're seeing these uh you know implemented at f- for just private use, um, there's a lot that's gonna have to change. And there was a fantastic BBC article um, by Adrian Bernhard. Um, did I say BBC, right? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic article that talked about like what this future would look like and what is um, what are the hurdles that we have to get through to make this future real. And I think some of the big things were one, new crime laws. Like, what is it? What it? What is a uh, illegal in the sky? You know, like here, don't run a red light. What's the equivalent of that in the sky? And it's also like, like you said, if we're taking off from airports, one, what are the routes? And then two, are these cars flying themselves automatically? Or am I going to be teaching like in the future, my 16 year old son or daughter? Okay, so we've gotten past the driving part, but this thing has to get in the air, by the way. So let's, I'm going to, I'm going to let you sit in the driver's seat and we'll go a half a mile up in the air. There seems to be a lot of leaps to make this happen. And I don't think anybody's begging for a flying car right now which i think a lot of people think that flying cars would cure congestion but we'll get into that later i don't think that's quite quite uh accurate but a better focus for developing the future of transportation would just be continuing to automate it in my mind like if we can just get all the cars um to communicate better and all the starting and stopping and all that stuff like if you would minimize the amount of time the the human error like registering yeah. when i can go at a light and all the cars move at the same speed and stop at the same time everything like that like that would make the efficiency of uh of transportation way higher you know before we even have to put these yeah. cars in the air and i mean like in the far future if we had a bunch of flying cars that was the only transportation would we just like what like dig up all the roads and then we could have all the road space back i think that would be pretty cool though it's like you would never need roads again I mean, yes and no. You'd still have to transport large things by by road. And, True. And I don't think it's practical to get rid especially in cities. I mean, if you look at a big city, where are these things going to fly? You and, know, like, and also, you bring up a good point on, like, we need the roads to transport the big things. Because I'm not really looking forward to passing a semi in the air. That is just <laughs> another level of scary. This stuff is exciting. It's super cool. But until it becomes practical... And I'm not saying that, hey, we shouldn't spend the time to research and find out ways to make it practical, because I think there's a lot of great technology that comes out of that. And maybe, hey, eventually we can figure it out. I'm just saying right now it's not necessarily 
practical, at least the electric version. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, that's the fallacy of predicting the future is like, just because it exists, it, or could exist, it like needs to become the dominant form of something. So like if we had flying cars, it's just going to, nobody's ever going to want to use a car again. It's only going to be this. And that's just not, I mean, we still use bikes, especially in big cities and stuff like that. Like people still walk too. They don't just fly everywhere or drive everywhere. Some points about the future uh, still here is that the FAA, which is, um, who gave the airworthiness to this this car, this A-lift vehicle, they would be the people who over the next like decade would have to spend a crap ton of resources like trying to figure out what all these laws are and everything. And um, yeah. that would not be easy to get right. But, you know, I'm certain that people were asking these same questions and having these same skepticisms when cars first got introduced. Judd, I have a question for you. Do you know what broadband noise is? I do not. You know when, for example, you're sitting outside, like in your yard or something like that, and you just you just yeah. hear noise, but you can't distinguish what it is. You just hear it. It's like off in the distance. There's a sound. Yeah. It could be people or city stuff or production or anything. Like you just hear, right? Yeah. So a a fear, not a maybe not a fear is not the right word, an effect that we're going to have to avoid or, or the people who develop flying cars, something that they're going to have to avoid is increasing uh, broadband noise. So I know that NASA and Boeing and all those people are like really hard at work to make these urban aircrafts like quiet because even think about a, yeah. even think about a helicopter when you you've heard a helicopter go overhead, right? Exactly. I was just going to say, like, think of think of even just the mini little drones, the yeah. hum that those things create. And then think of a helicopter like that's going to have a similar noise on these cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's like the helicopters, the noise you're hearing per, um, primarily is the the propeller, right? Right. Yeah. You hear that noise and it's like that's not even the engine. So just because we switch that to electric doesn't mean we wouldn't hear the aircraft it would still be really loud and a, a bunch of those like just that would be that would be difficult to imagine so yeah let's end the let's end the show with a question judd are you getting a flying car how soon and are you letting your kids drive it okay do i am i getting one i've already expressed a lot of my um uh suspicions or not suspicions what uh how would i phrase that my hesitations good one but no after some more some more time if i had to pick one i wouldn't pick the a-lift one i would pick probably the klein aero car or the automobile i think those ones are sweet yep um but yeah i would get that like i personally am already kind of thinking about getting my pilot's private pilot's license after school so like i want to fly yeah um and if i could do that in a car sick ladies and gentlemen he was born to be in the skies so my second more third question would be how soon maybe instead of how soon would you get one it's how soon do you think it, this will be something that the average person maybe not owns but could get if they wanted i think well the biggest setback in my eyes isn't necessarily the car itself they've car slash plane itself i mean obviously those have been built like the client they have those um 
So I think the biggest obstacle is just the infrastructure surrounding people flying these things. I think at a minimum, a minimum would be 10 to 15 years. We'll yeah. Say that. And just the, the, the infrastructure, like now that flying cars are being in their test flights and stuff like that, it's going to take the, the, like the safety <clears throat> systems and the regulations and everything at least a decade, just that alone to be developed and put into effect. And people have to be educated on that. You know, that's just right. This is going to take, I think like you'd, you'd need a pilot's license to fly it. I mean, and that would just be the, and that was, I think your last question is, would you let your kids fly it? I mean, sure. If they got a pilot's license, you know, I think that'll be the requirement. Ooh, interesting. So I'm reading a fact here, Judd. United States was the first country in which mass ownership became common. This is about regular cars. And 60% of families owned a car in 1929. First Model T was 1908. Okay, so it took just over 20 years. So I'm guessing you're not... I mean, we do advance a little faster now than we did in the past, but it's not a question of technological development at this point. It's, it's a question of like integration into society. So I don't see why it wouldn't take another 20 years. If it was like the space race and we said we need to have flying cars by the end of the decade, we would have them easy. Oh, but yeah. There's just no point in doing that. So there's companies aren't going to dedicate all this these resources to it if there's it's just yeah. not necessary. Valid. Okay, Judd, um, let's do listener mail and then we'll sign off. How about that? Sweet. Today's listener mail comes from Bill from Iowa. I listened to your podcast today. It was really interesting to hear about the geysers on one of Saturn's moons. Hard to believe there is hot water under an ice cap that far from the sun. Nice work by you and Judd. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. That's awesome. We like to hear it. That was such a good episode, man. I enjoyed that one. I think, I just think it's cool that like that, thinking back to like that geyser is, that geyser creates one of Saturn's rings. Yeah. I just think that's pretty sweet. You want to play some video games, dude? <laughs> yeah, man, let's go. We've 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 finished our duty educating the public, and now it's time to retire, at least for the night. Oh my God, Judd! Wait, I I have the craziest quote ever, as a as a as a finisher. You ready for this? Born ready. Let's go. When people talk about traveling to the past, they worry about radically changing the present by doing something small. But rarely. Does anyone in the present really think that they can radically change the future by doing something small? That's pretty wild. I it is wild. That. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the moral of the story is, I don't know. I, do the small things, you know? Plant a tree. Yeah, no, I, I think if I've learned anything this past year, especially with this podcast, is just take a chance. Do that small little thing send an email to neil degrasse tyson maybe you'll have him on your podcast and you know who said that quote i just read who neil degrasse tyson <laughs> everything is circular i'm man. not surprised that's awesome that seems like he would yeah yeah my so timing on the quote was off i was like forgetting how to read so like there's some big pauses there but people forgive me because i don't know he's got a speaker's voice he's just meant to say that quote. he is meant to say something like his that. pauses are amazing Okay, man, uh, let's go. The night's young. Let's go get after it, man. Sweet. All right, guys, um, until next time, 
make sure to go start getting your pilot's license now, you know, just just yeah. jump on it so you're not the person who's crashing into somebody else's house. Ignition Adios. sequence. Five, Adios. Three, two, one.